sisters and brothers. The first thing I'd like to talk to you about today is all the emails I've been receiving recently in the last three to four weeks with people having all sorts of quote-unquote spiritual awakenings from actually all around the world. People of different age groups, different backgrounds. And the one thing that's common with all of them, which is pretty much everyone's experience that I've come across in decades and decades of work, and it was my own experiences, how the ego hijacks these experiences to feel special. For some of us, it's a massive part of the experience, but for most of us, it's some part of the experience. And goes without saying that an ego that has gotten a hold of a spiritual experience is pretty much one of the most dangerous things around because it can go into a mode of inflation beyond anything else. So for those of you who are having these experiences, for those of you who've had these experiences, just a warning, a words to the wise, that any time that part of you feels special, um, you're heading the wrong direction. If you're feeling less special, then you're heading in the right direction. We're certainly unique beings, but we're not special. The special is a huge scab that forms over feelings of unworth, unlovability, etc., etc. So pay attention, because it seems that this is happening more and more for more and more of us as this awakening gets spread out on our plane. It certainly can be an awe-inspiring experience to feel connection with the Source, to feel connection with the Absolute. But the part that feels the connection then actually hijacks the connection as if it is the Source. And that's what I'm talking about here. This ties into another subject, which is also what permeates our culture in terms of a lot of people now running around after experiences with hallucinogens, with ayahuasca, with mushrooms. I've experienced these things myself. I treat people who experience these things. They can be incredibly helpful. But again, what it connects to is this inability for a lot of us in finding joy with the ordinary. That the only time we feel alive is with extraordinary states. And this in turn ties to the numbing that has happened in our culture and the high degree of addiction that we have. So to define addiction, addiction is a response to pain where we actually are unable to experience the moment. We cannot tolerate what comes up in the moment. So we escape by numbing the present moment. So whether it's a drug addiction, whether it's an emotional addiction, whether it's addiction to cleaning, whether it's addiction to not being clean. They're just ways of escaping being present in the moment. Sounds very simple, but we live in a culture where it has literally gotten out of hand. These egos of ours have hijacked everything. When I walk down the street now in 2013, it's amazing. It reminds me of the New York of my childhood in the 70s and early 80s where people who are holding their iPhones, they look like the junkies of back in the day, where they're stopping mid-motion, literally with these expressions on their face frozen, and 
so disconnected from the moment and absorbed into this other realm, into this hyper realm. Now, it's not about judging it as much as understanding it. We all have things to do. These technologies can be so, so helpful. But the irony is that we are disconnecting our, under the guise of connection. I mean, I've talked about this ad nauseum. I'm sure if you're listening to this, you have some awareness of it. But I invite you to actually put down some of these technologies, at least a part of your day. Connect with yourself. The amount of energy that's flowing through all of us now, calling us to awaken, is profound. But it still is a choice on a daily level. Some of us can get smacked by it and still not listen. So this idea of connecting to Source is an active process. It's not something that just happens with happenstance. Slow down a little bit in your day. If you're meditating, if you're doing yoga, if you're doing martial arts, wonderful. But these can also be ways that we disconnect because we're so disconnected. So as we're talking right now, as you're listening to me, hear the sounds around you. If you can hear this chirping around me, listen to that. Drop your breathing down. Feel your feet. Feel your hands. Allow yourself in this moment your human experience. Don't escape into heaven. And if it feels overwhelming, which it really does for all of us, handle it by being in your body. This vehicle that we give up so much to inhabit, unfortunately goes uninhabited most of our lives. And truly, I can say never in history has been so many tools around to help with that disconnection. So it's not about disconnecting from society. It's not about disconnecting from all these tools around us. It is about forcing ourselves to come into the moment, to allow the moment to inform where we're disconnecting. I'm seeing so much awakening, and at the same time I'm seeing so much pain and disconnection. The number of people, suicides, addictions, it's very profound what's going around us. The only way to deal with this is by a constant connection with Source. That sounds very simple again, a constant connection with Source, but one has to keep in mind that everything we do on a daily level is to dim our frequency because we have really unlearned how to tolerate that connection. It feels so foreign or other to us. So whatever your method of connecting is, connect. It'll just make your life easier. Now tied into this disconnection, which is how our addictive culture um, perpetuates itself, is how most of us don't have internal references anymore. Our references are constantly external. So all the advertising in our culture is based on that. The whole corporate loud noise around us is based on that. To the point, if you're not observing how insane everything around is, you're sleepwalking in the way that we're destroying the planet, in the way that we can't breathe the air, in the way that our government is functioning, in the way our economy is functioning. There is a massive 
amount of disconnection. This is not about being powerless. This is an externalization of ourself. All we can really do is to now go inside, connect with source, get informed by that, and act from that place. The time of being externally informed is far over. There is, and there will continue to be, mayhem around us until we listen. The mayhem around us is truly due to the fact that we're not listening, that we're disconnected. In spiritual circles, we talk a lot about trusting the Divine Feminine, these wonderful, eloquacious words come out of us, but truly no one trusts. There's lots of lingo and lip service around this, but none of us really trust. When push comes to shove, and it doesn't even have to be a hard shove, right away we go into willpower. It takes tremendous courage to slow down, to listen, to know what the next level is. So again, I invite you, right now, in this moment, be here. Observe how difficult it is to be here. And examine why is it so difficult to be here. The emotional work has to be done to be able to tolerate, nurture, and sustain a relationship with ourself. And without a relationship with self, it all will be empty. I also invite you to examine how you, if in any way, but I'm pretty sure we all do, so I'm sure you do too, how you dim the frequency in your daily life. What is the actions in terms of foods that you're eating? More importantly, people you're hanging out with, the things that you're reading, the objects that you surround yourself with. How are you dimming your frequency? Now, sometimes we don't have control over some of these issues. Then the question becomes, how do we raise the frequency back up? If we're in a situation where our work partners are pulling our frequency down, how are we engaged with that? How are we protecting ourselves? How are we supporting ourselves? If we are involved in situations with quote-unquote friendships that are draining us, what are we gaining out of it? One of the things that I'm seeing with a lot of people right now, as I've discussed before, is the need to really let things go, let people go, let situations go. The time of feeling responsible for any situation, it's far gone. So yes, if you're in a situation with children, that's your responsibility. If you're in some situation with someone that you've made a commitment to, examine it. What are you getting out of it? Because it always will be a lose-lose situation, regardless of how it looks outside. So for those of you who are being vampired, what are you getting out of it? For those of you who are vampires, what are you getting out of it? And we both have those aspects in us. Regardless of how we might view ourselves, we have those aspects active on a daily level. With all this stuff discussed, there has to be room made for our humanity, for how imperfect we are. Regardless of how much work one does, sometimes all that can happen is just a realization of where our imperfections are. So then we watch those places. It's like driving a road over and over and you realize where the bumps are, where the ruts are. So you just don't scream through there at 80 miles an hour. You just learn to slow down. 
Whereas for decades and decades, you can scream through there, and then you need suspension work, you need new tires, you need new rims. Learn to know where your ruts are and work on not projecting on other people. So you might ask yourself, well, I don't really know where these situations are. What are these? Am I a vampire somewhere? Are people vampiring me? It's not an intellectual concept. This is not an intellectual exercise. It is something that has to be done by feeling your body in the moment. The body, in its innate wisdom, will give you all the information that you need. Feel how you are around certain people. Is your stomach tightening up? Is your breathing getting shallow? Are you more in fantasy land when you're around certain people? Are you more dropped in when you're with certain people? The body unveils all that we need to know. But one has to make friends with it. And in my experience, most of us push it away all the time as the enemy. So again, as we're talking, I invite you to drop your breathing down, to feel your hands and feet, and to ground yourself. And by grounding, I mean literally feel your feet. And as you feel your feet, feel how much of your life spent in your head, and for most of us, even outside of the head, projecting into the past or the future to bring back in the idea of external reference as opposed to internal reference. We're externally referent because we don't know ourselves. So we listen to, hey, what does my friend think about this? What does my partner think about this? What does society think about this? And don't think for a second because you might be quote-unquote counterculture, whether as an artist, a spiritual person, whatever your shtick is, that you're not externally referent. It's just that your external reference is different than the majority of the culture. Most of us have lost the ability to think for ourselves. So we're basically chewing up and out whatever opinion that we've heard. I'm not just talking about politics or economy. I'm talking deeper on a sense of self, because very few people have that sense of self. So again, this invitation is, go inside. What is your feelings about specific things? What are you feeling? Not what are you thinking, but what are your feelings? And for that to happen, there has to be a period of silence every day. It can be a couple of minutes here. It can be a couple of minutes there. You don't need to shave your head and move to some monastery. In fact, that can actually be a distraction, as it is for a lot of us, because it's a reaction to the pain. So really become an original thinker by being in your body. Allow this thing that has developed over thousands and thousands and thousands of years to inform you. It carries within it everything you need. Unlike what we think, it's actually an ally. It's not some anchor that holds us down. I wish it held us down. It's not an anchor that we feel holds us down. If we were embodied more, as one has to be, you'll feel what the next level in your life is. One of the things that people keep asking me these days is like, well, what's going to happen six or nine months down the road? Things are changing so fast right now, we need to have the courage to take one step at a time. So I might be sitting here right now, 
and I get a piece of information of Joe Blow is really not healthy for me. I just have to sit with that information. The tendency is to want to go and make a phone call, write an email, confront this person, or to shove it down and act like it didn't happen. The response that would be the most helpful would be to sit with this feeling and let it bubble up. If we allow it to bubble up, we'll know. The next step will be like, oh, I was just tired. This wasn't about Joe Blow. Or it might be like, oh, I should have said this two weeks ago and I didn't. Next time, I will have this conversation. Or it might be, wow, this person is really toxic to me. Or it might be, wow, I really vampire this person's energy. I need to depend more on myself. But the first step is actually sitting with it. But because we've become such strangers from ourselves, it's very difficult just to tolerate that feeling. So either we run into action, which is the addict in us, or we repress it. So the two things that our culture tends to do is repression or running into action without being cooked. The third thing is just sitting with it, which is very difficult for most of us. It is something that needs to be trained. That's where meditation can be helpful. But meditation isn't just sitting on the cushion. Meditation is listening. The sitting on the cushion is just preparation. The rest of it has to be practiced on a daily level as we are living our lives. If you're one of the people right now who feels their life is being churned up and you're in pain, welcome it. That's your soul calling you to awakening. It is very common when we start doing spiritual work that things get turned up to volume 11. All kinds of things start falling apart. For many people, this is confusing. Wait, I'm doing spiritual work. Wait, I'm in therapy. Why are things getting harder? They're getting harder because things are being released. So don't pull the curtains down. Keep them open. Look as fully as you can. In the meantime, smell the roses. You don't need to get lost in it. If it's too much, take a break. Go to a movie. Go to the museum. Take a walk. But come back to it. Because we're at a time right now where these things either have to be faced or the volume will go to 13. And if it's unpleasant at 11, certainly will be more unpleasant at 13. Do not confuse the needs of the soul with the needs of the personality. The soul will tolerate the personality to a certain, certain extent. But if the personality is totally running away and numbing out of pain, the soul will step in of the loving parent that it is. These words are bullshit, but they're just metaphors for the energies behind them. Feel into what I'm saying. What is the soul? What is the personality? For most of us, we're being run by the personality. I'm sure you've all had this experience when you have seen a friend or been around someone or been at a party where there's two adults who are totally being run by their five-year-old. The five-year-old will say this, the five-year-old will do that, and the parents jump up and down. Sometimes that can be sweet to a certain extent, to a certain extent, and then after a while sometimes it's very, very disconcerting because you're going, wait a minute, your job as a parent is to give the child boundaries so it doesn't hurt himself. So he learns how to operate within culture. So what happens there is this supremely narcissistic child becomes a supremely narcissistic adult. That's one of the curses of our culture right now. It's the same thing with the soul and the personality. 
the personality obviously being the five-year-old and the soul being the parents, except in this case, the soul will step in, the parents will step in at a certain point. So give yourself some leeway, but certainly know behaviors that have been outmoded have to be released now. If you're suffering, examine why you're suffering. There's no golden stars given for suffering for suffering's sake. But certainly slow down and pay to attention, pay attention to what your fear of change is. Because again, for all the lip service that we give to these things, we're terrified of change. Many of the things that look like to promote change externally actually serve the ego's need to keep the status quo 110%. So I invite you to start a love affair with yourself, to start a relationship with yourself. Whatever it is that you love, if you love your children, you love your dog, spend the same kind of energy towards yourself. You love your lover, you're seeking a lover, start that relationship with yourself. The amount of energy that you send out, start some of that towards yourself and see where that gets you. And when I say this, for most of us, that might think like, oh, that's the ego's needs. I can't wait to go buy myself something new. I can't wait to take myself here. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about just sitting. It's the same thing as with children. We can buy kids all kinds of things. All they need is the presence of someone who's paying attention to them in the moment. That's the magic that makes them grow. We're still those same kids. We still need the same medicine. Even if we have a hundred people that feeds us externally, it's still not going to scratch that itch. That itch can only be scratched by yourself giving that to yourself. So, as I conclude here, I invite you to be your own lover. And as always, be gentle and be firm. Be gentle in the places that you're beating yourself for not. Be gentle with the places where you can't accept your flaws. And at the same time, be firm. Be firm when you know where you need boundaries and you're not giving yourself boundaries. Be firm for the places where you're acting out. Be firm for the places that you're being infantile. And we all have them. And make room for the fact that you're imperfect. So anytime you start feeling special, remember you're unique, you're not special. The feeling special part is a poison. So be gentle. Be firm, stay in your body. I'll send you love.